0: Hello, and welcome to the ADHD 365 podcast. I'm your host, Susan Booning. This episode is brought to you by ImpactADHD.com, creators of the Sanity School Behavior Therapy Training Program for parents of complex kids. To learn more about the coach approach, download a free parent's guide at ImpactADHD.com forward slash tip sheet. Today's guest is Jody Sleeper Triplett, a renowned expert in student coaching and ADHD student coaching. She is a master certified coach, a senior certified ADHD coach, a board certified coach, and an author. In this episode, we'll talk with Jody about holding teens with ADHD accountable. She will give us insight on how ADHD coaching may help with executive functioning and coping skills. She also shares advice to help college freshmen succeed in their first year. Hi, Jody. Hi, Susan. It's Hi. great to be here. Thank you. What are some of the educational and social challenges you see with teens affected by ADHD?
1: Well, educationally, the big one, uh, in my opinion, is the lack of training and understanding about what is happening with our children who have ADHD, executive dysfunction, and learning problems. And uh, we've been having lots of conversations uh, about how do we help teachers to better understand their students so that they can not have to do extra work, but kind of modify things so that students feel as though they're a part of the class, that they're not excluded, and that someone knows that, well, maybe they need a shift in the way that they're learning because not everyone needs or qualifies for a 504 or an IEP, but there's just that little tweak that needs to happen, and so that piece for education is is really big and socially, we know that many if not all um, kids with and teenagers with executive functioning problems, the executive functions take, The longest to develop in the brain. Mm -hmm. So, we're looking at development maybe even at 25 or 30. So, emotionally, you have a 15 year old who wants to hang out with his friends and he's acting like a 12 year old and they're shunning him because, boy, you're like a baby. We don't want to hang out with you. Or the executive functioning issues. Um, I've had students where they've said, I'm always late for things, so my friends don't ask me to come along anymore. They're tired of missing the movie. Um, or not getting seats, uh, having their parents complain that they were late getting home because we started late because we had to pick you up, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that awkwardness that develops from the embarrassment, I really see it building. And as hormones change and teens become more independent, um, they need skills that they really don't have. And they sometimes they don't know they don't have them.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And how does ADHD coaching
0: help with executive functioning
1: skills and self-determination skills? Well, with ADHD coaching, um, all the coaches are trained to really understand the neurobiology of the brain and how the executive functions help us to move forward day to day. So when a student, when a teenager um, comes to coaching and says, you know, these are the areas where I'm really good because we want to start with the strengths. What are you good at and what what strategies do you use? Then it's the question of, okay, because their executive functioning skills are a little weak, they might not know how to transition those skills to another subject, to another environment. And so we work with them on identifying what's working, identifying what's not working so well, um, keeping the word failure out of the mix, mm-hmm. and making sure that we either provide the skills or the resources for the skills some coaches do work more hands-on than others Mm -hmm. in terms of doing some work with executive functioning um because often it's just let's look at your planner Um, this is a great plan. Um, What's going to get in your way? Oh, yeah, the party tonight, my grandma's birthday on Sunday, I can't do any of the work I planned. Mm -hmm. So we walk through that to help them become more aware of what it really means to plan, prioritize and execute. And also look at what's happening with the activation of the brain. At what point are they reaching a level of I can't do anymore, I can't focus anymore. Um, so, taking each executive functioning skill and taking a look at how how they work well and where we need to boost them,
0: and keeping the word failure out of the mix, I really like what you said yeah. there. Because that's we, important.
1: It really is because when we're looking at you mentioned self determination, how does one become self determined if they don't have? the desire, part of it is desire, the will to say, I wanna make a change in my life, I wanna do better, I wanna succeed, I wanna make friends. Um, And in order to do that, to become more independent, to learn how to self-advocate, to feel confident about getting up in front of people in a classroom, All of that leading to self-determination can't happen if the tape that's running in their head is, I'm a failure, I'm a failure, I can't do this, I can't do that. So we look at shifting mindset with the self-determination and also leading with strengths. Many coaches use strengths inventories Mm -hmm. to help clients see, students as well as adults, to say, oh, wow, I have something that I'm really good at. And they're just not aware of that unless we point it out. Is there a difference between coaching and cognitive behavior therapy? That's a great question. Back in uh, 2009, when I was writing my book um, Empowering Youth, I went out to people. I said, "Okay, you're 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 a cognitive behavior therapist. You do this other type of therapy. Write a little paragraph for me and tell me what's the difference." And so we put all that together to create a chart. Times have changed, but what I mm-hmm. see with CBT is that the biggest difference is that the therapist can go to a deeper level and mm-hmm. they are there looking at the diagnosed problem, the comorbidities, working on the depression, the anxiety, the family of origin issues mm-hmm. that impact the problems that. Cause that lack of confidence, the inability Mm -hmm. to move forward. So that they're doing that really hard work in CBT. And then some of that transitions over to coaching where we're doing the work from today forward. So it's a very similar concept Mm -hmm. in terms of the strategies used, the model. Um, It's just that there is this invisible line that every coach that I've ever trained knows. You don't cross that line. Other people might not be able to see it, but if you go down that path, you're going to have a teenager and, or a young adult who's wondering, okay, who's going to pick me up when I fall? Right. And we don't have that training, and that's not the service that we're offering. Right. Um, so being able to use some basic cognitive behavior strategies within making behavior ch- – changing behavior is basically what we're doing in coaching, but it's changing it – to look forward, not looking at, okay, so what happened to you that caused you to now do things this way? Right, right. Does coaching take the place of educational interventions? Definitely not. When there is a problem on the educational side, Mm -hmm. if there are academic struggles, I believe it's valuable to have the team at a school possibly work with tutors, educational therapists are available in certain parts of of the United States, um, to really look at what's happening. Um, So if I were to receive a psychoeducational report just to get an FYI before we start coaching, um, when the recommendations are listed by the psychologist, they're pulling out the areas of weakness Mm -hmm. um, in those areas areas and in in aptitude or ability to execute certain functions. So then we look at that and say, okay, so on the executive functioning coaching side, we can work on the skills and strategies, but you're really having trouble grasping the information over here. There's something getting in the way, your processing problem is severe. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not a, a fixable coaching type of thing it's not just change your behavior and your processing speed is going to improve Right. so that's where we look at those educational interventions and mm-hmm. I really value those relationships with uh, educators special educators and others who can help in that area mm-hmm. and it really becomes a team it and is that's... a team absolutely
0: what uh, what or who would be the ideal client for ADHD coaching
1: <clears> hmm <throat> The word ideal is really interesting. Uh, So just to share with you what popped into my head as you asked Mm -hmm. that is ideal is relative. So Mm -hmm. what is ideal for me is definitely not ideal for the coach sitting next to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Or a seasoned coach would like a certain type of client and someone who's new is like, oh, no. I don't wanna work with a student who has some other behavioral issues, even if they're working with a therapist, because I don't know what to do, and I'm scared, um, or I'm not skilled. So there's a level of challenge that is important to to measure or at least check in on before coaching. I I firmly believe in a pre-screening, talking with parents, talking with students directly before any money changes hands, any contract is signed, because maybe it's not a good match the matching could be that that particular student doesn't mesh with that coach. Um, Whether it's the coach's process, it could be their tone of voice. Um, If they're in person, it might be the environment. Whatever it is, it has to really click. So I, I believe it's important, and I know it's important for families to shop, talk to at least two different coaches, because there will be a connection that's made.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so in terms of turning this around and looking at a parent saying, well, gee, that doesn't help me figure out um, if my my child is ideal for coaching. You want them to be ready. Do they understand what coaching is? And are they willing to go and at least talk with a coach without feeling as though they're being forced to do it, bribed to do it, told it's the last resort. If you don't do this, you know, you're going to be grounded for the rest of your life. Because the parents are not the ones being coached. They want to be part of it. They Oftentimes I'll get calls saying, my neighbor says you're amazing. You need to work with my kid. Okay, so what does your, your child say? Would your child be willing to give me a phone call? And whatever. Well, no. Can we just set this up and then... Um, See what happens? No. If there's no possibility of making a connection and there's a resistant teenager with a parent who's talking over coffee to the neighbor whose child was successful, they're two completely different ideal clients based on who they need to work with, what their motivation is. So the readiness is important and the understanding of what's coaching and how is it different from therapy and tutoring. You've just given us very important information for parents. Good. Does coaching train in coping skills? In terms of training um, students in coping skills? Yes. Teens, I think, especially we're talking about. Yes. Yes. Uh, what ha- what might happen in a typical coaching session is a student will say, you know, I have this exam to study for. I'm really stressed out and I have other work to do and then you know, I have stuff to do with my family and I'm trying to f- put it all together and their executive functioning is kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. So at that point, it really isn't about, okay, let's get out your calendar and figure it out. It's, hey, okay, so so I'm hearing a lot of, a lot of stuff going on here and a little bit of stress and I'm wondering what could you do right now to take yourself from this place of overwhelm so that you can manage you can cope with what's going on sometimes they don't know and i'll start with taking a deep breath myself and automatically they take a deep breath and it's like okay so how you doing oh wow that's different you know it's like yeah you're breathing that's a Ooh. good thing to learn is how to breathe so we use humor we really come down to figuring out as we get to know the students how they cope where they don't cope well and how to use those coping strategies anything from exercise with a lot of college students it's like when was the last time you went for a run oh yeah that's what I didn't do from last week that's why it was really hard for me Mm -hmm. yesterday so their awareness is they have we have to help them be more self-aware mm-hmm. in order to then notice what works and what doesn't in terms of coping skills exercise deep breathing um, mindfulness mm-hmm. helping them understand you don't have to sit and cross your legs and say ohm for an hour mm-hmm. it can be five or ten minutes uh, talking with someone so just helping them to develop coping strategies that work for them
0: let's talk about those teens that are really frustrated How does an ADHD coach intervene with a teen who's really frustrated?
1: Well, it's important to acknowledge the frustration. Oftentimes, parents, well-meaning parents, will get frustrated as well when their kids are frustrated. So as a coach, as an objective party in the process, it's easier for us to say, okay, I get it you're really frustrated, would you be willing to tell me a little bit more about what's frustrating you? So the first part would be to dissect it because frustration's a big thing and especially when you're a teenager and hormones Mm -hmm. are all over the place or medication management is all over because you're growing faster than any doctor can figure out what you really need. Um, So in going through that, we're breaking it down so that the student is heard And anyone who's frustrated who has an opportunity to voice their frustration will most likely calm down. Mm -hmm. So once they're at a calmer place, what comes out are the specifics. Okay, so you're frustrated because you keep losing things. Whereas they might have come in and said, I'm really frustrated. I'm doing terrible in my class. You know, I'm just doing really poorly in my math class. And I don't know what to do about it. Well, tell me more about that. Where specifically is that frustration coming from? After 10 minutes, it's like, well, yeah, I haven't turned anything in. And it's just really frustrating, because I do the work, and then I can't find it. Oh, so this isn't about knowledge. This is about execution of from home to school to turn it in. That's a very different issue. So that decreases frustration because they know, it's like they can grab onto it and say, okay, now I know why I'm frustrated and where it comes from. Could you give us three to five
0: tips or strategies that might help a teen or college freshman succeed in their first year at that very important transitional time?
1: Yes. I'm smiling because transitions are so tough. I would say that the first tip is to take stock of what you know how to do independently and to begin using your skills of independence from cooking something basic, doing laundry, um, taking your medication on your own or at least working towards it. knowing um, your preferences in terms of organizing your stuff, just really getting a sense of what do I do now that has been successful? And how do I start to slowly separate from the rest of the family so that I can do it by myself? Um, that w- that's a big one mm-hmm. because it, it makes it easier to say, okay, I know what's going to be coming. Um, So I want to make sure I have those independent skills. The other is to not be afraid to ask for help, Mm -hmm. to go to disability services, go to a professor or an advisor and say, I don't understand what's going on here. I'm really lost. That's what they're there for. And to remember that just because you have ADHD, executive functioning problems or comorbidities, you are not alone. That is not the reason that you're confused. In most cases, all college freshmen are overwhelmed.
0: So to realize you are
1: in good company Mm -hmm. and everybody, we know everybody has something going on. Mm -hmm. So to be able to go into school and say, I'm here, I was accepted, I did the work, I made it, and now I need to know how to use the skills that I have, and to increase my self-determination by going after the assistance that I need and working to make this the best experience for me without embarrassment. Very important. Is there anything you'd like to add that I haven't asked? Um, The one piece that comes comes up for me is that I hear that parents get frustrated because they can't find coaches. And I Mm -hmm. just want to remind everyone that coaching does not have to be done in person that we have such an incredible virtual network and coaches who are trained. Mm-hmm. Um, many of the trainings we have at JST are done with video camera. We're, we mm-hmm. use Zoom um, so they can do coaching on Zoom, they can mm-hmm. do it on Skype or telephone. FaceTime's great, just make sure the student is not in the basement doing laundry where there's no internet. Um, <laughs> that's a tough one. But it, it, it to open up their eyes to the possibilities of finding a really great match who might not even be in the same country and Again, definitely not in the same state. That finding a great match, that's yes. very important
0: to yeah. you. Thank you so much, Jody. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by impactadhd.com, creators of the Sanity School Behavior Therapy Training Program for parents of complex kids. To learn more about the coach approach, download a free parents guide at impactadhd.com/tipsheet. Thank you for listening to another episode of ADHD 365. Stay up to date on the latest ADHD information by connecting to our social media page at chad.org social, where you can link to all our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.